Charlie began to realize there were, you know, his nose became famous in town. <laughs> and uh, and uh, oh, he had to do a lot of things about that. He took the putting powder on it, and he tried to do everything. He painted it green one time. Of course, that's, uh, that was after New Year's. That was another story. However, uh, I said, uh, as of, uh, in a casual, I said, you know, he's having a $1.98 sale. Charlie is down there. And uh, Charlie's got all these great used cars. All of them are running. Every one of them's a running car. Great running automobiles. And they're $1.98 apiece. And they're going to go to first come, first serve. And the uh, first one out there gets their choice. I mean, that's it. And uh, if you're 179th in the line of 178, well, there's an old army expression that covers that. And we'd suggest you go down and see your chaplain. He'll give you one of those cards. It's got two letters on it. Okay? And I said, in other words, if you get, you know, I said, they're 198. I said, just think of this. You can buy a car now for $1.98. Well, of course, uh, Charlie actually, now I'll tell you what Charlie was really doing. Charlie was paying junk men $25 a piece to come and tow these things away up to this point, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was a real skin game, which reminds me, this is WOR. Oh, you just can't miss this one. Uh, premieres Wednesday, Lowe's Tower East and 57th Street Lincoln Art Theaters. That thing is specially selected. What a great catchphrase that is. Now playing at specially selected theaters in New York and magnificent New Jersey. And, of course, uh, we'd like to remind you we'll also be at the limelight uh, from 1030 until midnight. Hey, there's a myth out there. I'm telling you, I, I met it again today. Uh, people keep saying, well, I can't come to the limelight because I'm not 21. Well, you can come to the limelight uh, if you're under 21, providing there's somebody with you who's 21 or over, or if you're really good at faking it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this, you know, what are you going to do? I'm not advising anybody, but there was a guy that came in that was nine feet seven the other day, and he had a three-and-a-half-foot beard that was gray. And this guy was totally bald, and, and it was terrible. He sat there and drank stingers for three hours until we discovered he was 14. And it turns out that he just worried a lot, that's all. You know, <laughs> what are you going to do? You can't, uh, you know... Well, I'm sorry, you can't ask Bernard Baruch for his ID card, you know. You, 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 that's a problem. But nevertheless, we're going to be at the limelight from 10.30 until midnight. <laughs> and and uh, don't, 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 don't write me and ask me for tickets to the limelight. I'm not going to send you any tickets. I, where there are no tickets, you've got to call the limelight for a reservation. And, you know, you can come down even if you don't have a reservation. We'll hang you from a banana hook in the back or something. We'll find a place for you. Oh, yeah. A whole party. Did I tell you about that? Uh, a whole party the other night. They put seven people during the entire show in the phone booth. They came all the way from Trenton, and they got very disappointed. And, of course, what, what happened was that immediately, you know, they came down from Trenton without making a reservation, and they told them they were filled up. And this guy said, what do you mean, filled up? And the head waiter says, yes. He said, you're not filled up. And he whipped out a sawed-off shotgun. Well, it was amazing. They weren't filled up, and, and uh, they put these seven guys, they're little short, fat guys with uh, these white hats, you know, the wide ties like George Raft wears, and they kept talking about Casa Nostra, and, and uh, this one guy thought that was a kind of a sandwich, and when I told him it wasn't a sandwich, it wasn't a mixed drink, and what it was, uh, we found room for them. They, they spent the entire show in the, in the phone booth. They were all on the phone, too, most of the time, phone booth Indians. However, uh, nevertheless, we'll be at the limelight. All right, now let's get back to life, shall we? All right. 
You know, speaking of getting back to life, I, I read this piece here from Mendota, Illinois. We'll get right to it. Oh, you want to hear about the $1.98 cars? You want to hear that? Please bring me out some, some uh, mood music, uh, Axelrod. Bring it on. I want to introduce you to our music director there. Stand up, Al. Oh, isn't he fantastic? Yes, sir. Al plays these records with a gleam in the eye. This is my favorite piece of music. Oh, it describes so much. Oh, wow. Oh. Is this, friends, the theme song of your poor, sad, little mud-covered life? <laughs> oh, woe is me. Why was I born Clarence? Oh, why was I not born Joe Namath? How come I'm born Clarence Stembottom and I got thick glasses and big knees? Oh, confound it. Oh, for crying out loud. Gee whiz, wow. I'll get back at him though one day. I'm going to write a devastating article showing how all athletes are clods. <laughs> yes, I know. I heard that Joe Namath was a Ph.D. too, but he's not a really good Ph.D. Anybody who can throw a football around has got to be dumb too. Right, Howie? Oh, Howie. Oh, we are twin companions of ineptitude. Twin companions, both 97-pound weaklings. But we'll come back. We'll write off-Broadway plays. And denounce the world. Hey, it was very nice. Now, you reset that, Al. I don't know why I got involved in that. That was terrible. Hi, Howie. How are you out there, boy? That, by the way, was a greeting sent out to the... Uh, to the all... Uh... Yeah, the word every man doesn't mean it. It's every Howie. Hello, Howie. That's every Howie. Everybody knows who's Howie. Uh, you know, you know what a Howie is. A Howie is a Marty who doesn't think he's a Marty. <laughs> you know, who thinks that any minute now the girls are going to discover how beautiful his soul is. You know, it's quite true. He's kind of lumpy, but he's got a beautiful soul, and he thinks wonderful thoughts, and he's a great companion. That's a Howie. A Marty knew he was a clunk. And he's, you know, remember, remember Marty? You ever see the movie Marty? Oh, you can't miss it. That poor old Marty. He's standing around in front of the barber shop. And, you know, the, the guys are all saying, Hey, Marty, what do you say we get on the 79th Street? Look at the girls down there. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yes, you want to hear about that $1.98 car. All right. See, I'm kind of shilly-shallying. I don't want to cause any uh, discomfort out there. But this is exactly what happened. That night, I came on the air, see, and I said, uh, I'm doing the commercial. And I said, oh, by the way, uh, Charlie uh, is announcing a $1.98 uh, special used car sale. $1.98, the first 178 people that arrive and, and uh, get out there at 8 o'clock on Saturday morning at the lot, Charlie's big lot, you can have your choice of these cars, $1.98 a piece, and this is the straight goods. You know the way the old Long John always says it? This is the straight goods. This is right down the line. We're giving you the straight business, folks. Because he means it. They are giving you the business, you know. He says, they're giving you the straight business. This is a straight deal. 
Well, instantly, it was unbelievable. It was like we had struck a hidden chord. It was like, uh, you know, nuclear fission. Uh, the two elements, whatever it was in the atmosphere, all of it came together and boom, like that. It was just like magic. I just got this out of my mouth. I'm just sitting there doing my show. When people began to run into the control room, there were wild-eyed secretaries, and their glasses were falling off, and their hair was on, on crooked. Oh, it was terrible. You know, they, the curlers were falling out of their hairs, and everything. Their, their feet were, you know, they came running in, waving. What, what's going on with her? Every phone in the radio station was leaping off the hook. People were calling, and it was a little peanut station. We had... Generally, our our coverage area uh, was about about twelve blocks. Now, of course, that was downhill. Uh, uphill, our coverage area was about six blocks, roughly. And when there was a real, you know, sometimes we had wind conditions, and we had a little long skinny signal. Uh, and when there was a bad wind, our signal was about seventeen blocks long, Al, and about a half a block wide. It flew out, you know, like that. Well, all of a sudden, calls are coming in from a 26-state area. The word got out, you know, the, the used car nut is a special kind of nut. I mean, this guy's not interested in cars. He's interested in the chase, the hunt. I mean, it's, uh, oh, yeah, it's, it's, if, I, if I announced, to, right now, if I were to say, Hey, fellas, the straight bass are out there shoulder to shoulder tonight. They're right off Jones Beach, and they're yelling into the crowd to come and catch them. There would be 16,000 guys jump on their motor scooters, their bikes. They'd run. They'd put on their tennis shoes. However, they'd swim up the river anyway to get up there. Why? Do they want to fish? No. It's the chase. They want to catch a fish. I mean, after you catch a fish, generally, you just look at it for a while. and You know, you throw it in. Or, <laughs> you know, you look at it for a while. You give it to Howie, you know. Howie takes it home, and then after he looks at it for a while, he throws it out. But uh, this is the, uh, this is quite true. I, I've been there, you know. And so I, I struck a hidden chord with this dollar and anything. The phones are ringing. Every phone in the place is screaming. And the girls are passing notes into the studio. What did you just say? What did you say? They didn't know about it. What did you say? What is this? Dollar 98 cars? Are you out of your mind? What is this? What is this? I looked at the note and I says, well, I'll have to repeat it. Yes, Charlie is having a dollar 98 used car sale. And uh, it's, uh, 8 a.m. Saturday. 8 a.m. Saturday. I said, now, don't get excited. It's Saturday, folks. It's 8 a.m., and to the first person there, he gets his choice of the cars, and uh, 178. Well, I felt the ground tremble under me. Now, this station was right in the middle of the city. I felt the ground tremble, and I felt the state tilt. It was funny. The whole state was tilting. All of Ohio was tilting. They were coming down. You know, Cincinnati's in the southern part of the state. They were running down for Cleveland. You could hear these guys, you know, they were blowing their stack in Indianapolis, 200 miles away. Guys were coming from Louisville. The whole state began to sink. Well, I got off the air at 6 o'clock, and I could hear sirens. The police were coming out. I'll tell you the truth. The police were coming. I looked out of the window. I could see ambulances going by, guys with hoses. They had riot guns, the whole thing. Well, I saw people running. I could hear the screams in the distance. I could hear little old ladies, ah, ah, you know, little old, they were being trampled underfoot. Children were crying. Strong men were weeping. I mean, I saw airplanes coming. It was insane. Guys were coming from places like California. They were flying in at $500 jet flights. They're coming for a dollar out of the car, you know. Minions. Well, at 6.30, I, I, you know, it was, it was just unbelievable. The, 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 the newspapers were calling. 
I'm telling you, what happened? We got a call from United Press. This guy's a nationwide service, you know, for news. He says, Shepard, he says, are you Gene Shepard? I said, yes. He says, what did you say? Do you mean you're telling me you're selling cars at $1.98 a piece over at Charlie's used car lot? I said, yes. He says, hold the presses, hold the presses. I could hear him yelling, hold the presses, hold the presses. And it went out on the news wires all over the country. Well, of course, this also went to Europe, Al. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, boats were overcrowded. People were swimming the channel. It was unbelievable. Well, by Wednesday, I don't have to tell you what was going on. It was just, it was completely out of hand. Poor Charlie closed up his shop. Charlie locked his, you know, it was terrible. They were besieging the shop. Charlie closed up shop and went to Miami. I mean, the people were after him, see, and he went to Miami disguised as a defrocked Methodist minister. He, he couldn't go, with, you know, they'd have chased him right down there. He wore his coat collar up, you know, he wore black glasses with a beard, the whole thing. Well, <laughs> yeah, and, well, well by, by, by Wednesday night, this was Tuesday, 24 hours, I, I, t I kid you not, I'm going to tell you exactly how many people were counted in the line, 17,000 people. I am not inventing it. They, they, they went for blocks, you see, and they, were, and they were all mad at each other because they knew there were only 178 cars, and they figured if there was a way to kill 16,927 people, he would be ahead of the game, you know, and you never saw more infighting. And they were waiting all night long, all day long, all night long, all day. They took off from work. Some guys were making like, you know, $150 a week. They took the whole week off to buy a $1.98 car, which they could have bought for $10 had they come around the Monday before, and they would have laughed that the guy suggested it. But they were all waiting in line. And then it, the trouble began. It was only then that the true trouble, the tragedy... <laughs> Tragedy comes, friends, in many forms. Some forms are more fun than others. Tragedy comes often disguised as good fortune. And so 17,000 poor benighted souls stood outside of Charlie's used car lot in the wind and in the rain, in the cold, in the sleet, in the snow. Lightning bolts played around their heads. But what made this a true tragedy? was that out of the 17,000 people that were there, there was a bare minimum of 16,832 losers. Losers. I mean real losers. Demonstrably proven losers. And there at the end of this line, this vast line of swarming people, and by the way, the good humor men descended like a plague of locusts on them. Instantly, guys were walking up and down the line. Hey, get your good humors, get humors here, papers. We got hot dogs, hot dogs. We've got it all here, folks. Scorecards. We've got everything here. Books to read. We've got records to play. Uh, batteries for your radios, folks. Beer, beer here, beer here. There were 18,000 peddlers arrived that even sold them souvenir buttons like I was at Charlie's used car sale for $1.98. I was a victim. Well, they wore it today. And now it is late Thursday, and they are beginning to show signs of wear and tear, like their socks are getting old. They haven't been home, you know, and their beards are growing. Guys have got three-day growths of beards now. Little old ladies now have grown thin and wan in that bright sunshine, in that cold wind. Tragedy comes in many forms.
Well, you reset that out. We're going to need it. Oh, we're going to need it because it got better and better. Well, I, I would go down there, see, and I, this thing... Now, Charlie, not yet. I'll, I'll give you the clue. Charlie, Charlie, of course, was terrified because he didn't know what was going to break out because you could, you could sense in the crowd by late Thursday or early Friday, the crowd turned ugly. Like people will, you know, who've been living on uh, popsicles for four days. I mean, you live on popsicles and mustard for four days, and your feet are starting to get big, you know. And, uh, yeah, what, what happens is your feet gets big and your head gets small after you wait that long. I'll tell you, just terrible. And, and, and uh, down at the end of the street, there was a shell station. And, of course, uh, he was just, you know, an ordinary guy selling gas. And he had this big sign that said, ladies and men. And he had more business with people running in and out of that place, you know. And he got tired of it. You see, his regular, his regular customers no longer had a chance. There was always a line outside of each one that stretched for a half a block. And he barred them. He said, get out of here. Well, then the crowd really grew ugly, as you can well imagine. I mean, you can well imagine how ugly they were starting to get. I mean, their complexion started to break out. And, uh, uh, people started to shove each other in the line. And uh, then they began to bring in substitutes. And that's when the trouble caused. It really started to get nasty. Uh, let's say you were uh, 13,322nd in the line. And you didn't want to lose your place in the line, see? Because after all, there were 4,923 guys after you. You know, you were pretty far up the line. So what you would do, you, you know, you've, you've been there for three and a half days now, and your left knee has collapsed, and you're lying in the gutter there. You crawl to the phone, and you call your cousin Clarence, who lives in Rapid Hatch, Kentucky, and Clarence comes, and he substitutes for you. Well, we, 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 the, the substitutes started to arrive. You know, the proxies were showing up. <laughs> well, well, you know, it was getting very exciting. Nobody quite knew what was going to happen when the big blow-up came. And, and, and you could see people begin to fall by the wayside. People, there are many people who have the right spirit, but few people who have the G-U-T-S. Oh, yes. Many people love to go out and watch the New York Giants play football, but there ain't many that want to get down there and mix it up. Oh, that's the difference. There are many people who like to holler, bomb them, bomb them, go get them, bomb them, boy, get them. But there ain't many who want to go and do it. And so you saw by late Friday, the, the Johnny-come-latelys are beginning to peel off. They're being carried away in ambulances, and the, the, some of them were led away kicking and screaming. Others were just simply limply dragged away. And I am responsible for it all. And Charlie, I met Charlie in the basement of the station one night. This was late Friday. And Charlie says, listen, this, this, we're going to have a riot. When, when, you know, 8 o'clock Saturday, what's going to happen? I said, yeah, I don't know, Charlie. So what do you think we ought to do? I said, Charlie, I think what you ought to do is put 178 cars in a row. That's all. 178 cars in a row. Just line them up like a fuse at, say, about 6 o'clock in the morning. Get the chief of police and tell him to fire a gun up in the air at exactly 8 o'clock in the morning, and by then, you and I should be, well, well, we should be in Duluth by then. I said, I'm scared. I am scared. None of us could have, could have guessed what would have, what, what, what actually developed. The first person in line was a little old lady. I'm not kidding. There she was with her shawl, 
She was the kind of little old lady that made Mary Worth look decadent. She really was. She was a sweet little old lady. You know, the kind that Schraps built an empire on. That type of little old lady. And she is standing first in line. She's been there since the minute it came. She must have had a radio plugged in her ear and was walking past Charlie's when I said that and stood right in line. And behind her was a tall, thin guy who looked like the typical insurance agent type with the skinny suit and the white shirt and the dark tie and the snappy little hat. He was right behind her. And behind him stretched a line over the horizon, halfway around Lake Superior, and it drizzled out somewhere around Sault Ste. Marie, someplace up in the northern Canadian woods. Well, it came. The old lady got an idea. And about 9.30 on Saturday, Friday night, it was the night before the big Saturday thing, she wandered out of line and walked along the row of used cars. Now, that was strictly forbidden. They had said nobody can go in there, see. But she was a nice little old lady. And at the, at the kind of one of those moments of inspiration, she opened the door to a Plymouth four-door, a 1946 Plymouth four-door, and sat in the front seat and said, I'm not leaving. This one's mine. And the guy who was second in line, I know how, the guy who was second in line had his eye on the same car. But the old lady sat in there for about nine hours. When you know how nature is, we all know. And the little old lady said to her friend, I'll be right back. She got up and left the car and headed towards the Shell station. Instantly, the guy with the little snap brim hat rushed through the line and sat in the front seat of the car. And there was the impasse. All night, these two traded seats back and forth. And by five minutes to six, it was obvious, a little of this, hey, yeah, watch it, boy, about five minutes to six. About five minutes to six. The little old lady was locked out of the Plymouth and it was a real little old lady car. You know how a 46 Plymouth looks like? Looks like a kind of a sick pumpkin, painted black. The real little old lady car. And this evil, maniacal guy wanted the same car out of the 178 cars he could have picked. He wanted this one. Well, the little old lady started to cry. <laughs> I have always wanted a 1946 Plymouth. This is my last chance of an old lady. <laughs> well, he weakened. And he said, all right, madam. And she sat down in the front seat of her 46 Plymouth. And at 6 o'clock in the morning, the crowd surged forward like a thundering, avenging herd. Boom! They roared forward! Boom! Crash! Thousands of them roared forward! And five minutes later, 177 cars, monster clunkers, roared out of the highway trailing blue smoke. Only one car wouldn't go. The 1946 Plymouth did not have an engine under the hood. And the sign said, as they are, 
You must take these cars the way they are. But the little old lady, after four days of sitting, sat in the front seat of a Plymouth from which someone had taken the engine months before. And she sat and wept and wept. Yes, friends, tragedy comes in many forms. And into each life, some rain must fall. Into each life. You know, that would be a great idea, wouldn't it? We ought to try that again. I'd like, you know, that would be a, that would be a real wild thing. Is there any used car dealer out there? We ought to get about 10 used car dealers together and have a $1.98 used car sale in a vacant lot in Jersey and set up tents around there and do a play-by-play -play description of it. Do you, do, you, do you realize how many guys would show up for that? Are you kidding? Let me tell you, I know what happens when you touch upon those deep little veins that lie. Yes, the vein of avarice in mankind knows no depths. Are you agreed, Bob, on that? That avarice is the one thing that you find all over the world. And, and the streak of avarice in man knows absolutely no end. Every man has his price. And you'd be surprised how low it is. I mean, if you hit the guy in the right place, I'll tell you, you hit the whammy and he'll buy anything anything. Keep your knees loose, friend. Hope for the best. And uh, somewhere, someplace, the sun is shining.